Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Before we get into the Week 10 preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, where we are 275 away from 5,000 subscribers, just 275 subs away. So please, please, please subscribe on YouTube. We're really trying to hit the 5K mark. Spotify, AppleRadio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting platform. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Week number 10, Colts, Titans, Thursday Night Football, and in my opinion, the biggest game of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. This has turned into a two-team race. As we predicted back in August, the Texans would fall off, and the AFC South would be up for grabs, and it would be a two-team race between the Colts, who go out and sign Phillip Rivers, who trade for DeForest Buckner, and the Tennessee Titans, who make Ryan Tannehill their starter last year. They go on a nice run. They get to the playoffs. In the playoffs, they knock off the New England Patriots in the first round on the road in Foxborough, ending the Belichick-Brady dynasty. Once and for all, Brady leaves in free agency, goes to Tampa Bay. In the next round, the Titans beat the Baltimore Ravens. They shut down Lamar Jackson, go on to the AFC Championship, have a lead over the Kansas City Chiefs. They eventually blow that lead. The Chiefs go on to win the AFC Championship, go on to win the Super Bowl against San Francisco. But the Titans made an incredible run last year after benching Marcus Mariota for Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill is 15-6 and as a starter in Tennessee. So we saw him in Miami. Who was his coach in Miami? It was Adam Gaze. Look at Adam Gaze right now with the New York Jets. I think he was a big reason why Tannehill was so bad in Miami and Joe Philbin was a terrible coach too. He had no offensive line. Ryan Tannehill has had a great bounce back change of scenery second career if you will in Tennessee. 15 and 6 in the regular season, 2 and 1 in the postseason with a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs but wins against Brady and the Patriots and then a win against Lamar Jackson the MVP and the Baltimore Ravens. So, a very impressive run last year at the end of the season. For the Tennessee Titans, they re-sign Derrick Henry. They re-sign Ryan Tannehill. They bring back those two big offensive pieces. They have A.J. Brown, who's now going into his second year. So it's a good offense. The defense has taken a step back. We're going to get into the offense. We're going to get into the defense. But this is the biggest game of the year for the Indianapolis Colts for said reasons. You had the Titans coming into this year as the front runner, as the favorites to win the AFC South. And we're kind of going into this game the same way. They're sitting at 6-2. and two. We come in at 5-3, and three, so we're a game back. And that's why as big of a game as this is for both teams, it's a bigger game for the Colts because we're one game back in the standings and we have a loss in the division week one to the Jaguars. They barely beat the Jaguars, but they beat the Jags and then they beat the Texans also barely in overtime. Romeo Cornell decides to go for two at the end of the game instead of kicking an extra point and making it an eight-point game. He decides to go for two. Then it becomes a seven-point game because they don't get the two-point conversion. They try to just put them away right then and there. The Titans go down the field. They score a touchdown, kick the extra point, go to overtime, win the game in overtime. So the Titans are 2-0 and in the AFC South. The Colts are 0-1 in the AFC South. So this game is much bigger for the Colts right now than the Titans. If the Titans win this game, they improve to 7-2, and two, and they will be sitting at 3-0 and oh in the AFC South. The Colts will fall to 5-4 and four 
and 0-2 in the AFC South. So if we lose this game, the division is over. We can't win the division tomorrow night, but we could lose the division tomorrow night with a loss. This is a huge swing game for the Colts in terms of winning the AFC South. I don't think the Titans could lose the division tomorrow night, but they could win the division tomorrow night. I don't think the Colts can win the division tomorrow night, but I think they could lose the division. So it's a huge swing game where we either knot things up and both teams are sitting at 6-3, and three, or we fall to 5-4. and four. They improve to 7-2. and two. They're 3-0 and oh in the AFC South with a win against each team, and we're sitting at 0-2 with losses to the Jaguars and the Titans. So, it's a pivotal game for the Colts, big game for both teams, bigger game for the Colts. If we lose tomorrow night, we will still have a path to the playoffs for a wild card. I think the magic number for the wild card is 10, and at some point this week, win or lose, I will go through the playoff standings and where I see everything mapped out later in the week. Probably not part of the recap Probably a second podcast that we'll have 10 days off before the Packers. So I'll be able to squeak that in there. Win, lose, or draw, I will go through in the second half because this will be our ninth game. We only have seven games left after this game. So I think it's a perfect time to go through where everybody is, including the Raiders and the Dolphins and the Browns and all the teams competing for the second and third wild card spots. I'm giving Baltimore that first wild card spot. They beat us head to head. I think they run away with that first wild card spot. Cleveland also beat us head to head, but I'll put them in the mix because they're five and three. We're five and three. The Raiders are five and three, and the Dolphins are five and three. But we'll get into that more after this game. I am setting the magic number to make the playoffs at ten. I think ten wins gets you a wild card. We'll get more into that next week. Right now. All our focus and all our attention should still be on winning the division. Tough loss to the Ravens. You have to put it behind you. Sitting at 5-3, and three, the division is still in play. The Titans are 6-2. and two. So with a win tomorrow night, we're both 6-3, and three, and we will have the first of two head-to-head matchups for the first tiebreaker. So tomorrow night, pivotal game. And we'll start off with the Tennessee Titans offense. They are 7th in points per game, averaging 29 points per game. So just like Baltimore, Baltimore last week came in 8th, averaging 29. And the Titans right here, same thing, 29 points per game, 7th. They are led by running back Derrick Henry, 182 carries, 843 yards, 8 touchdowns, averaging 4.6 yards per carry, 10 receptions for 81 yards. Big body. We all know how big he is. When he stands next to left tackles, he's damn near just as big as the tackles and the defensive tackles in this league. He's an absolute monster. We've done a great job this year against the run, and we're going to have to do a great job this week against the run going up against Derrick Henry, who we've done a good job against in the past, but it seems like he just gets better and better every time I watch him play. He's going to be a tough matchup for the Colts. Ryan Tannehill, like I said, 15-6 15-6 and six since Tannehill took over from Mariota as the starting quarterback. 1,981 passing yards, a 65.7% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns to 3 picks, so about a 6, about a 6.2 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio, which is pretty good. I would say that's top 7 right now in the NFL. Only been sacked 11 times, which is impressive. On the flip side, 
They don't have a lot of sacks as a defense, which we'll get into. They only have 10 sacks as a defense, but they've only allowed 11. So a plus minus of minus one in sacks for the Titans. He's only been sacked 11 times through eight games, so just a little bit more than one time per game. Second-year receiver, A.J. Brown, a monster, 31 receptions, 457 yards, 14.7 yards per carry, six touchdowns. It's still crazy to me to think that A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf played in the same Ole Miss offense just two years ago. These two guys, these two grown men playing college football, it's just mind-blowing to me that these two guys, because they're both such freaks of nature in terms of their physique and their physical stature and the size-speed combination that both guys have. A.J. Brown could house it from anywhere on the field. Same thing with Derrick Henry. He could house it from anywhere on the field. Tight end Jonas Smith, 24 receptions, 300 yards, 12.7 yards per catch, six touchdowns. So a very spread-out offense. You have eight touchdowns for Henry, six touchdowns for Brown, six touchdowns for Smith. I don't think anybody on the Colts offense has six touchdowns. They have three guys right there with six-plus Touchdown. So a very balanced, a very solid, and a very dangerous Tennessee Titans offense who comes in seventh in the league in points per game. Taking a look at the Colts' keys to the game defensively, key number one, it's so obvious. Hold Derrick Henry to under 100 yards. Contain him like Lamar Jackson last week. You're not going to stop Lamar Jackson. You could only contain him. Last week, we did contain him. We shut him down in the first half, and then he got his there in the second half. But we, all in all, when you add up the two halves in the whole game, I thought we did a good job containing Lamar Jackson, and I thought we ultimately won the battle against him, but the offense just couldn't get anything going. So hold Derrick Henry to under 100 yards, and Henry's one of those guys, he could have 30 in the second half, and then all of a sudden he could break one for 70, 75. You have to limit that. You have to take that away. You can't let him blow the game open with a big time run. He has that ability and when you look at him at six foot four, I don't know, with two hundred and sixty pounds probably I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. When you let him get into the secondary, he's a different type of back because he's so much bigger than your average corner, your average safety when he gets into space. He's not as lethal when you get him up front. We have two great defensive tackles and Buckner and Stewart, he's not as dangerous up there with guys his own size or guys bigger than him. And that's just basic physics. Obviously, you're going to be much more dangerous when you're going up against smaller guys, half your size, half your weight. So you got to be able to wrap him up in the trenches, get him to the ground in the trenches. Don't let him break through the line, get past the front seven, and get into space because he's hard to take down for defensive backs at his size. Key number two, no big plays, not just for Derrick Henry, which obviously goes into holding him under 100 yards. If you give up a 50, 60-yard run to Henry, God forbid 70, 80, 90, which he is capable of doing, you're not going to hold him under 100 yards. And then also, A.J. Brown, don't let him catch a slant and take it to the house. Just eliminate and minimize all big plays in this game. Key number two, no big plays. And key number three, win the turnover battle. This is, yes, a key offensively and defensively. The turnover battle is a two-way street. 
Defensively, you got to force them. Offensively, you got to protect the ball. And last week, the defense forced one turnover, and the offense held the ball for one play before giving it back to the Ravens and having the defense come back out on the field, who were huffing and puffing. They were tired. So win the turnover battle. Create a couple turnovers. Put pressure on Tannehill. He's only been sacked 11 times this year, but put pressure on him. They're missing their left tackle. Get into the backfield. Put pressure on Tannehill. Make him make bad decisions. Stop the run game. Contain the run game, I should say. They all go together, as they do pretty much every week. But create a couple turnovers. Win the turnover battle. That is huge. And also capitalize on these turnovers because last week, the Ravens capitalized on their turnovers. We never capitalized on our one turnover. Flipping sides of the field, now taking a look at the Tennessee Titans. Defense, not very good. Middle of the pack in terms of points per game, giving up 25.1 points per game, 16th in the NFL. So right there, middle of the pack, 16 out of 32 teams. They have inside linebacker Jalen Brown with 65 tackles, four tackles for loss, seven passes defended, a pair of forced fumbles, a sack, a pick, Cornerback Malcolm Butler, 53 tackles, a tackle for loss, a pair of picks, 10 passes defended, the Super Bowl hero from a few years back in 2014 with the New England Patriots, picked off Russell Wilson on the goal line. That is his claim to fame, has spent the last few seasons in Tennessee with the Titans, outside linebacker Harold Landry, 35 tackles, five tackles for loss, five passes defended, a pick and 11 quarterback hits, and then defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons, 28 tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, and nine quarterback hits. Simmons taking over for Pro Bowler Jarrell Casey, who they let go, or I think they traded. They either let him go or they traded him. I think they traded him to Denver this offseason, and then they replace him with Jeffrey Simmons. So those are just a couple guys to highlight the Tennessee Titans defense. They make a couple of moves this offseason, bringing in Baisley and bringing in Jadavion Clowney. They were supposed to come in, get all these sacks. The Titans as a defense only have 10 sacks. They have a bunch of quarterback hits, but they only have 10 sacks in eight games. Not very good. They have a plus minus of minus one sack offensively and defensively. They've given up 11 sacks. They have 10 sacks, so not very good for the Tennessee Titans. Only getting 10 quarterback sacks through eight games. Clowney, zero sacks. Baisley, zero sacks. They have released Baisley, so Baisley no longer on the team. Just a bust. Atlanta, top 10 pick, goes to the Titans this offseason. It's a big deal, big signing. Everybody thinks he could get a turnaround. Just needed a change of scenery. Not the case. He was awful. He gets cut a couple weeks back. And then Jadavion Clowney is not going to play in this game. He's injured. He doesn't have a sack on the season either. So everybody wanted Clowney. Everybody thought Clowney was going to be this steal late in free agency. They signed him over the summer a couple weeks before the season started. Had a really good season for Vrabel when he was the defensive coordinator in Houston. He was a pro bowler. Just hasn't panned out this season in Tennessee. It's just not working out. So they don't have him this week. And then they cut Baisley, who were supposed to be the two big acquisitions, the two big pass rush specialists that were going to come in and take this Titans defense to the next level. The Titans defense, in all honesty, has taken a step backwards. They also traded for Desmond King last week. I think they sent a sixth-round pick to Los Angeles to the Chargers for the slot corner all-pro guy. So, And then he probably didn't play. I don't think he played last week because you have to wait 
when you get traded because of COVID protocol. So I think this will be his first game if he plays. I don't think he played last week against the Bears. If he plays this week, I think this will be his first game. But either way, that was a big trade deadline move for the Tennessee Titans. Three keys to the game for the Colts offense. Key number one, no turnovers. Obvious. We're going to say it until it stops happening. The Colts turned the ball over multiple times last week. You had a Taylor fumble. You had a Phillip Rivers pick, and then you had multiple turnovers on downs. No turnovers this week. You can't turn over the football and also capitalize on turnovers. When the defense gives you the ball, don't treat it like a loaf of bread and give it right back. Capitalize. Go get three points. Go get seven points. Capitalize on turnovers and don't turn over the football. Key number three for the Colts defense was to win the turnover battle. That goes both ways. Capitalizing on turnovers also goes both ways. When the defense gives the offense the ball, take advantage of it and put up points. Key number two, get the ball to playmakers in space. Reich did a great job in the first quarter last week getting the ball to playmakers, getting them in space, and letting them make plays. Then, in the third quarter, we have one yard of total offense, and we just never get back on track in the second half. We have to find our rhythm. We have to stay in a rhythm. And when we get out of rhythm, we have to get back in rhythm. We have to get our playmakers the ball in space. We have to utilize guys like the Michael Harris. We use him in the first quarter. He has a couple touches, couple end arounds, couple receptions. And then we just don't see him for two quarters. And then we see him at the end of the game in garbage time. Naheem Hines. Get Naheem Hines the ball in space. It works. When we got Naheem Hines the ball in the Lions game, In space, in the open field, he scored two touchdowns. He's electric. You have to get him the ball in space. Last game against the Ravens, we didn't utilize him at all. You bench Jonathan Taylor. You don't have T.Y. Hillen. You lose Jack Doyle. All your weapons are gone. Why are you not utilizing your best offensive weapons? Why are you not utilizing Naheem Hines? Use Naheem Hines. Get Hines out in space and let him make plays. Get your best players, get your playmakers the ball in space. And I'm talking to Heem Hines. I'm talking to Michael Harris. The Michael Harris could play. This guy is a playmaker. He might be an undrafted free agent. I don't care. Kenny Moore's an undrafted free agent. Jack Doyle's an undrafted free agent. I don't care he's an undrafted free agent. The guy could play. He's electric. Get him the ball and get him the ball in space along with Naheem Hines. And key number three, Play consistent for 60 minutes. Keep your foot on the gas. How many games this year, every game this year, we have seen Reich take his foot off the gas, Reich derail and not be able to get back on track. Every game it happens. Against the Bengals, we started off the track, then we got on track. Every other game, we started on track, we got off track, we never got back on track. If you turn the ball over, you can't, Spiral out of control for the rest of the game. You have to get your act together. We've seen Reich in this offense get so flustered after a turnover that it's just, boom, they're shot for the rest of the game. That can't happen. You're going to turn the ball over. It's going to happen. Hopefully not in this game, but throughout the course of a season, there's going to be ebbs and flows, ups and downs. You're going to have turnovers. When you turn the ball over, you have to be able to bounce back and get back on track. You have to play for 60 minutes. We need to see a better third quarter. You can't have one yard of total offense in the third quarter and expect to beat the Tennessee Titans. So this is a big game for Reich and this offense to get on track, start the game strong like they've been starting. That's great. But if you get derailed, find the track. Find a track. 
Doesn't have to be the same track. Doesn't have to be the same game plan, the same tempo. Find a way to get back on track. Find a way to score points. Stop settling for field goals. Stop turning the football over. Play consistent for 60 minutes. If you have a turnover, if you have a bad possession, if you have to punt, if you miss a field goal, don't let it let you spiral out of control. That's a very annoying theme about this Colts offense. Where one turnover, one punt, one holding penalty throws them out of whack. Of course you never want to turn over the football. You never want to punt. You never want to settle for a field goal when you're moving. You never want to do anything to set back the offense. But good offenses, good quarterbacks, good play callers, when they have a setback, they're able to bounce back and execute. The Ravens last week, we shut them out in the first half. They have a good drive to open up the third quarter. Edwards fumbles. We force a fumble. We get the ball. Of course, everything that happens happens with the Marcus Peters interception. I'm not going to get into it. But then their offense, after a bad turnover and being shut out all game, they respond with a touchdown. And they respond with 17 unanswered points. That's what great quarterbacks, great players, great offenses, and great offensive minds do. They bounce back. And they're able to respond to adversity. Frank Wright can't respond. That's what this all boils down to. He can't respond to adversity. It's going good. It's going good. It's going good. Boom. We turn over the football. Boom. We have to punt. And we get derailed. And the train is off the tracks. And it's a runaway train with Frank Reich. He can't find the tracks. So that is key number three for me. Play consistent. And when there's an inconsistency, get back to what works. Don't let the game be dictated by a mistake. It's impossible to play mistake-free football. Nobody does. So when you make a mistake, get back on track. That is a very annoying, frustrating theme from this Colts team. So no turnovers. Get playmakers the ball in space and play consistent for 60 minutes, especially the third quarter. The 15 minutes of the third quarter, put some points on the board. I'm sick and tired of the third quarter flying by and the Colts not doing anything offensively. So those are the keys to the game. As for our predictions, I'll let Jason go first. Jason picks the Titans. Jason thinks the Titans are going to win this game for obvious reasons. He says he's very confident, very confident the Titans win this game. I don't think the Titans, honestly, guys, I don't think the Titans are as good as their record. They've found ways to win games they should have lost. They started their season with a three-point win, a two-point win, a one-point win. They had that overtime win against the Texans, a game they, quite frankly, should have lost. Could have lost to the Jaguars. I know we did lose to the Jaguars. Two weeks ago, they lost pretty bad to the Bengals. They bounced back with a nice win against the Bears, but they had a pretty bad loss, like an ugly loss, like an uncompetitive loss. To the Bengals. I didn't think they got enough criticism for that loss. So I think the Colts are capable, more than capable, of going on the road and winning this game. The Colts know how high the stakes are. And we're coming into this game relatively healthy for a Thursday night game. And everybody knows how I feel about Thursday night football. Matt Adams has not practiced this week. Mo Ali Cox limited today with a knee. Jack Doyle did not practice all week with a concussion from that play. And the more I watch it, I cannot believe 
they didn't throw a flag on that play. I can't believe they threw a flag for Julian Blackman on Lamar and then a defenseless receiver helmet to helmet for Jack Doyle. They don't throw the flag. They protect quarterbacks more than anybody else. As if a life isn't a life and a player isn't a player. Disgusting. And then T.Y. Hilton, he's been full all week, but they're just walkthroughs. So he was full on Monday, full on Tuesday, just walkthroughs. I talked to Jason a little bit this morning. He was saying, and I agree, you got to play T.Y. in this game. Even if it's just as a decoy, you're letting him run goal routes. You got to have him play in this game. He'll make Marcus Johnson's job easier. I think he makes everybody's job easier because he's somebody for defenses to spy on and to game plan. Even though his numbers haven't been all that or really anything this year, he is a threat. I think he's always a threat when he's on the field. So I would like him to dress just as a decoy. Let him go out there and play like Philip Dorsett. Just be a super cardio brother. Run go routes all day long. So they see number 13 and they think he's a threat to do something. It'll make Marcus Johnson's job easier. It'll make Zach Pascal's job easier. It'll make Michael Pittman Jr.'s job easier. It'll make everybody's job easier to have T.Y. Hilton on the field as the veteran wide receiver presence. I know I've picked the Colts a lot this year, and going into every game, it's because I really think the Colts have a chance, except that game against Cleveland, which I thought it was a bad matchup for the Colts. I didn't like our matchup against Cleveland, and I didn't like the fact that Anthony Costanzo wasn't playing. I'm going to go with a Colt win 2017. I think it's going to be a good game, a close game, a low-scoring game, kind of like what I saw for the Ravens, but I don't think the Titans are as good as the Ravens. I just don't. Yes, they have the same record. I just think the Ravens are a better 6-2. and two. I just think they're a better 6-2. and two. I think they're more explosive. I think they're much better defensively than the Titans. So I'm going to go 2017. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be an entertaining Thursday night game. I think the Forrest Buckner and Darius Leonard are going to continue to produce at a high level. I really, really like the Colts' defense in this game. I think the Colts' defense... Is going to play with a chip on their shoulder. I think they're pissed off about last week. I think they come out, and I think they have a great game on Thursday. And my yearly Thursday Night Football rant. I hate Thursday Night Football. Everybody knows how much I hate Thursday Night Football. Everybody knows that I believe Thursday Night Football should be moved to Monday night, and we should have a double Monday Night Football. Make it a weekly thing, East Coast, West Coast, like week one. Double Monday night. I think the ratings would be much better than Thursday night. For the most part, a lot of these Thursday night matchups suck. This one doesn't. This one in particular, Colts-Titans, I think it's a really good Thursday night matchup. But for the most part, Thursday night sucks. I think it's an injury risk and a liability to these players to have them play on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, travel day Wednesday, game on Thursday. I think that's criminal. Roger Goodell in the NFL is all about player safety, player safety, player safety. And then you have teams go out and play on three days rest when one of the teams is traveling. I hate Thursday night football. Everybody knows how much I hate Thursday night football. Now I'm going to put a little wrinkle into my Thursday night football hatred for this game in particular. This is the biggest game, like I stated, on the Colts schedule. On the road against the Tennessee Titans. How are you going to make the Colts play their biggest game of the year on three days rest? That's not fair. And I know life's not fair. I know football's not fair. Sports aren't fair. The Titans also, it's a big game for them. They are also playing on a short week. But they're at home. And you could say, oh, yeah, but every team is going to have one home game, one road game. 
They have to come to Indianapolis in week 13. Yeah, I get that. But the Colts had a road Thursday night game in 2018 on the road against the Patriots. 2019, Thursday night football on the road against the Texans. And now here we are, 2020, on the road against the Tennessee Titans. That's three years in a row where we play a big game and back-to-back years where we play a big divisional game on the road on Thursday night football. Three years in a row they sent us on the road for Thursday night. Three years in a row without a home game on Thursday night football. That's criminal. You're already making these players play on a short week. And you're making them play a division game. Have us play the Bears or the Packers or the Vikings or the Lions. Have us play one of our NFC games every week, Thursday night football. If you're not going to move it to Monday, every week, Thursday night football should be the AFC-NFC game of the week. That's what it should be. It should be an out-of-conference game. But no. No, God forbid we did that. We're going to have the Colts play their biggest game of the year against the team that went to the AFC Championship last year in their division. We're going to play that game on Thursday Night Football. And we're not going to have the Colts play the Bengals the week before or the Lions the week before. We're going to have the Colts play the Ravens, the most physical, grinded-out game on their schedule on Sunday, then have two days off, a travel day, and then they're going to go to Tennessee. On Sunday. And speaking of going to Tennessee, I went to Tennessee for the first time in my life. I'm not much of a traveler. Back in January, I went to Tennessee to make a little pit stop. I was on my way to Mobile, Alabama. I don't know why I drove, but me and my friend Bobby, we drove out to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. If you guys have seen our Frank Reich interview from the Senior Bowl or our Netflix video from the senior bowl we interviewed a bunch of players including a couple guys that are having really good seasons as rookies in the nfl like claypool from notre dame for the steelers he's having a really good year he was in that video and then we also did a feature from the senior bowl so we went out to the senior bowl but i stopped in nashville tennessee we saw the strip it was freezing cold it was like 10 degrees in nashville but we made the pit stop We stopped in Nashville. We didn't do much there besides stop. We kind of walked around. We looked. We didn't really go out to the bars or anything. We really used Nashville as a chance to sleep. We went to a hotel. We stayed there for one night instead of driving straight through. When we came back from Mobile, Alabama, we went straight through back to Jersey. But we stopped there. And the only reason I'm even saying this, I saw Nissan Stadium from the outside But I went to a restaurant, Bridge 32. It's Luke Bryant, the country singer. It's his restaurant. On the strip, everybody like Kid Rock and Dolly Parton and like all the country people, they all have their own restaurants. And the Luke Bryant restaurant is called Bridge 32. And I'm saying this because if I have any Titan fans listening that live in the Nashville, Memphis, Tennessee area or ever go to a game, And Colt fans, if you live in the Nashville area or you ever go to a game, you have to stop at Bridge 32 and try the chicken and waffles. Out of this freaking world. As much as I hate the Tennessee Titans, as much as I hate their fans, I'm throwing their fans a bone right here. Because if you haven't tried the Bridge 32 chicken and waffles, you will not be disappointed. 
Guy Fieri should stop there. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Out of this world. One of the greatest meals of my life. The chicken and waffles in Nashville. And it was a pretty cool city. Pretty dope city. The lights. All the different neon signs on the strip. So as much as I hate the Tennessee Titans. As much as I hate their fans. I gotta say. Nashville. Pretty cool city. Luke Bryant. Bridge 32. Best chicken and waffles I ever had in my life. Guys, I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We will be back late, late, late on Thursday night. This is a night game, Thursday night football. I will record the post game. Hopefully, Jason's back. He's been a little bit under the weather. I will be recording the post game after the game, which means 10 30, 11 o'clock, 11 30, whatever time the game ends, probably 11 30. The game will be over. I will record the post game then. By the time I'm done recording, 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, rendering, uploading, it'll be probably really late Thursday night, really early Friday morning. But I promise I will not go to sleep. And this is a pledge until the post game recap is up on YouTube. Go Colts. We'll be back late Thursday night. Early Friday morning, right here on the For the Culture Podcast.